Welcome to episode three of the Cancer Sisters podcast. I am Nicole. And I'm Amanda. And this is We're In It, live from the hospital. Yes. Yes. This is um, day four post right upper lobectomy in uh, Cleveland Clinic, Akron General. And we're going to try to talk, and I'm a little doped up. So we do have a guest today as well. We are introducing Nicole's husband, Trent, so he can help uh, provide some context and also um, maybe talk for you when you need it. When I lose a little wind? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, and you're going to do, you're going to ask me some questions about current treatment. I'm going to ask you some questions about current treatment. And we're just going to talk about what's happening right now, because it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. So, like I said, um, this is four days post-surgery. I went um, in at 6 o'clock in the morning. Surgery started at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. June 27th and lasted a full six hours. Yes? Yes. Surprises about that is I was on my left side for the whole time. Didn't, I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense. I just didn't think about it. Mm. That left me with a pretty sore, sore shoulder and, and hip and a numb hand for a little while. That was a little crazy. Um, the whole upper right lobe came out and that was the plan and the lymph nodes from the middle lobe and that was the plan and I guess because I'm difficult sometimes that my anatomy was a little difficult so the surgery was four to six hours it took a full six and they explained that the top lobe and the middle lobe weren't totally separated so that and that was a possibility it depends on how everyone's built so they had to be a little more delicate and take a little more time in your surgery mm-hmm. so you weren't really being difficult this <laughs> is born that way <laughs> right yeah the bossy older sister well Trent so what do you uh, remember about the first day and what the doctor said to you and all that well um it was a long Tuesday, that's for sure. And uh, luckily we were surrounded by family and friends, which made it a little easier. You played a little euchre, right? I had to play a little euchre. <laughs> yes. Um, and when the, I saw the doctor, I knew that it was good news just from the way he looked. And he said uh, everything went well, there were no complications, that Nicole was stable. She was just a little difficult with the <laughs> resection of the upper lobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pretty soon after that, we were able to see her, and she was uh, she looked awesome. She was still coming out of anesthesia, but she, she's been a rock star. You had, like, good color and everything. Like, you really looked like you. It's because I was... Sweating. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember. He I mean, was I sweating. can remember lots of tubes and cords and beeps and people, 
shadowy memory of a chest x-ray. Um, people talking to me, but just sweating. Yeah. I had those, I had the, those awesome gripper hospital socks on. And by awesome, around your feet. <laughs> I mean, that never fit anyone's <laughs> foot in the history of hospital socks. And the um, anti-clotting leg massagers, whatever we call those. And blankets and two IVs, one in each hand. And arterial IV that checked my blood pressure internally. Wow. That's a cool thing. Um, ooh, a catheter. Since also known as a Foley. Foley calf, since I was not getting up to go. Yeah. Have, have you been, have you had time enough, or time yet to stop and think about how crazy and also magnificent this kind of procedure is? Like, you talked about having, like, an internal monitor you're just sort of blown away. It's a pretty big miracle, really, that, you know, Tuesday itself was a long day. And I guess if we count Tuesday, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of five days. But um, Wednesday morning, they took the catheter out, made me sit on a mobile toilet. Not a big fan. Pretty small. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> sitting in the middle of the hospital room like I'm gonna pee now but I didn't um but the catheter comes out you know right away because they want me to sit in the chair yeah and you know they want me to sit upright and that that changes a lot the today the chest tube came out and I (laughs) yes thank you big day that's a big day um today it still is a big day and I don't know, because I didn't see it, but I was connected to a box that, um, where the chest tube was, you know, measuring all that drained, uh, which is pretty gross and fascinating at the same time. Yeah. Also pretty painful. Which is why it's such a celebration that it came out today. Yes already starting to feel a little less encumbered because everybody that we've talked to said like the chest tube is the worst yeah that that was yeah and the doctor thought that would be like that's at least half my pain all the pain that was in my back was coming from that chest tube yeah um so that's a huge improvement awesome so how do you feel, and Trent, you can, you know, like, answer on the, some of this too. Like, how do you feel about the overall experience? I mean, because this is sort of this miraculous thing that you just went through. And I would like you to share the good news. And, um, like, how has it been from surgery to ICU to step down and all that? It's a lot of, it's a lot of question right there. You want to start with the good news? Well, the couple pieces of good news that with the surgery, the pathology report is that all of the cancer is gone. They got it all. It was the one node or the one nodule and all of the surrounding nodes that they took are clear. Amazing. All clear borders. 
We gotta have a song for this. What's the song? This is what's missing in my head. Can I get a what, what? It's like Missy, isn't it? <laughs> that's what just happened in my head. But maybe Missy Misdemeanor. Like, it's a good song. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, back on target. The, uh, and before surgery on Tuesday, we found out that Nicole is not pregnant, which is good news. Yeah. And her lymph node biopsy in her neck was also negative. So just all the good news. All the good news. The day started off with good news. Right. And then the experience since surgery has been overall positive as well. The ICU team took great care of her uh it certainly helps when you have one nurse for one room they yeah. were very attentive to her needs and the doctors were always very responsive and uh certainly on top of her care and then when they get to the step down you know she was i think she's kind of been the model patient because they've been tending to others that are probably in more critical care even though it's a step down um but with you sitting up and being able to talk and communicate you know i, I feel like they've kind of left you alone they really only come in when you need your pain meds yeah it's vogue vogue is the song come okay because <laughs> that was the model you still managed to sing even though you're in the hospital i love it <laughs> Take a deep breath. Well, so, and now then what's next? You got the good news and we got the chest tube out today. So tell everyone what's next for you. Well, we're waiting, um, waiting a couple more hours for another chest x-ray to make sure that my lungs um, stayed inflated while, you know, with the removal of the chest tube. Yeah. And if it stayed inflated, then I can go home. There's also a little bit of a pain piece. Yeah. If I can stay off the heavy drugs, I can also go home. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, like in our culture, in our, you know, in our you know, geographic location, where narcotics are such a problem, mm -hmm. to have to ask every couple of hours for more narcotics like there's this little voice inside of me who's like, don't do it. Uh, but then there's also a lot of pain right. <laughs> inside of me that's like, do it. Ask for it. And, and I'm sure it's been the same here um, because that was my concern when I had Percocet. And it was like, you only need it. Like the perspective is that you just need it when you need it. It's a short time and it doesn't reflect. It doesn't make you any kind of junkie and yeah. I need a good word for it but it's you know it doesn't reflect anything but what you're going through right now which is what this whole thing is about today like why we're recording from the surgeries because what you're in right now is a super specific period of time an intense period of time what I'm in right now is an ugly <laughs> thin gown wrapped in a thin sheet <laughs> covered in a, I mean hospital blankets are actually pretty warm yeah, you do the trick. I'm a little swollen still. I'm, I've managed to stay clean. Thank you, Chad. Clean-ish. Mm -hmm. anyway. And thank you for the dry shampoo. Oh, you're welcome. It was a win this morning. Win is a win. 
<laughs> I hear that in my head too. The TikTok generation. All right, so um, one more question around what's going on right now. And um, Melina is here. So if you feel like you want to jump in on that as Nicole's eldest daughter. Um, and Trent, too. We've had a lot of visitors. There's a lot of family. There's a lot of friends. What does it mean to you? And what and and what's the other side of it? Like sometimes is it too much? It's okay to say. No, it hasn't been too much. Um, I love my people. I love my friends. I love my family. Um, you all have witnessed. Just watching me sleep, however. <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, I'm not really able to, to visit so much. As, but I have, you know, with my eyes closed, enjoyed listening to conversation, even mm. if I'm not really a part of it. Because you know your people are here. Yeah. Which I did? I mean, I don't have too much to say on her, I think it's it just shows how much she's loved. She's had, you know, teachers from work coming in and out, uh, family friends here to do anything. We're currently we currently only have two cars in our household, so it's a little bit of a mess trying to get to and from places, especially with me and my other sister both working. But, you know, people offer all the time to give my dad rides when he needs it to a full hospital and we just know that we have such a huge support system, which I think is even shown by how many people were sitting in the waiting room while my mom was in surgery. Yeah, um, it was a big group. Yeah, just a huge, a huge group, and everyone was just there to be there. Even though they couldn't do anything, we couldn't do anything, they were still there to show support. Um, and like my mom said, it's not like she's been a super big part of any conversation going on. But like I read her my psychology textbook the other day and I think it's just enough to know that I can be here and spend time with her even if it's something as minuscule as reading her my textbook. Which was very riveting by the way. I sure it was. Put me right to sleep. <laughs> just what you needed actually. I didn't even have narcotics <laughs> and I was sound <laughs> Just touching on the Tuesday during surgery piece, we kind of felt like we had a party in the in the waiting room with all the people that we had. There were solo waiters and couple waiters that really weren't talking or were whispering, and we we had a little section of the waiting room all by ourselves, and we were yeah playing cards, which was already said, and having great conversation and. Didn't really care about the volume, so um, if you ever are in surgery or have know somebody in surgery and need a companion, we have a long list of people to <laughs> to hang out with, party in the waiting room with, smuggled in food and yeah, yeah, card games and. Well, you've been here every day. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Well, it's it's hard for me because oh gosh, I'm gonna cry. Um, because I can't do anything, and I'm sure, like I mean, Trent might feel this sometimes too. Like, there's nothing I can do for you. No, you helped me to. Just hard. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. And you don't have to worry, right? 
Because I can see I can see you in the bathroom. Yeah, but wish they could do more. But just being here is doing. And I mean it's remarkable. Monday you started your um, third treatment cycle, which is a doozy of a day. Yeah. Six thousand different medicines. Yeah. Two really caustic ones. You know, and the fact that you could be here Tuesday and all is pretty impressive, but well, usually if I wait, you know, through the morning, I can make it, and I blow my nose. Flag it. Um, I mean, and I'm I'm not going to lie, this is the hardest week I've had to date, and I don't know if it's just because it's the third round. I mean, it's probably all of it. It's the third round. It's the nasty medicines that they give me four medicines ahead of time to combat what's going on, so it's not so nasty. Um, but even though I'm on an extended, I think it's called amend actually, huh. I'm on an extended anti-nausea. I had to take, um, the backup composine all week. Um, found that it's good to take it at night so I can wake up feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the emotional stress, it's like, not only it's my emotional stress, like just the fact that what I'm going through and that I have to do that treatment, um, and then I have it again on Monday, even though we have a holiday, so I'm guaranteed to feel crappy yeah. again. Um, the emotional stress is something I didn't count on, even though that's stupid because I'm very aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the fatigue, because I get an extreme fatigue, but when you add emotional stress on top of physical stress, Like, yesterday, when I got home, I've never felt so physically ill. And I knew it was because of the emotional weight on top of everything else. It's just remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. So this week has not been sunshine and roses, but what... um, you know, you're, you're so strong and you're like spirit through all of this. And all the good news that we are getting is the thing that I could count on. So I didn't really have to think about my situation. I don't know that I had spirit. I had fatigue. And drugs. Well, you had a lot of drugs. <laughs> I had a lot of drugs and I you had a lot know. of drugs. I'm surprised. Yeah. I did a lot of grimacing uh, and whimpering. Yeah, but you really showed your strength because going through that much physical pain and, like, just being here for it, the fact that we're even recording right now, because you realize you just got the chest tube out. Like, you still have a hole (laughs) that has to heal. Mm -hmm. You have staples in your lung that have to heal. But yet you're smiling and you're sitting up and you're walking and you're spending time with us recording and like that's a big deal so i see that as strength thank you well you're so welcome i've been extraordinarily tired (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're probably tired right now it takes you know it takes a lot but well there's really no good time to sleep and i can say that from being in the hospital the last two nights yes yeah but you know during the day People visit, and at night, people visit. People visit. <laughs> so you're really just napping. 
at random times. Mm-hmm. Hospitals are crazy. They're like housekeeping came in to take the trash. Lovely person. Like she's just one of the nicest people I met. But at you know, like five thirty ish, I had chest X rays anywhere from four thirty today's was really late. Eight. To eight o'clock. Wow. I see residents. I see the surgeon. The surgeon, yep. The nurse at shift change. The tech at shift change. Food services. Yeah. Twice. Like three times. Three times already. Yeah. There's just people. Yeah, that's amazing. Grilled cheese waiting for you. I don't know. If yeah, it's a lot of people. It takes a big team to keep to keep it going. But I've, you know, I've been impressed with how this is going too. It's remarkable how many people work in this hospital. Yeah. Okay, so picking back up on the family friends support kind of question, my question for you, Trent, is around: Is there anything overwhelming about it, or I wouldn't call it a downside, but what's the full scope of what it is? Well, it is, it's a delicate dance, to quote a dear friend. Um, It's hard because, like Nicole said, she can sleep through it, and she, it is awesome to have all of the, the love and for people to show that, you know, that they care about her, but at the same time, she needs to rest, and, um, it can be challenging and difficult to juggle how much is appropriate and, and how much exposure Nicole needs, because not only is it, is it presence, but it's also the risk of germs and whatever else when, you know, she just had a major surgery. So, uh, it, it is very challenging. And then not to sound like a real selfish uh, individual to be censored, but <laughs> I'm also tired and, and need, to, need to, excuse me, need to rest so I can take care of Nicole. So um, a lot of responsibility fell on you inside the hospital, at home, you know, Lena and Ava are being tremendously helpful, but a lot of responsibility just fell on you. Right. And the the numerous amounts of texts about how Nicole is doing has been awesome. And I, I guess I would say that's the way to go because a lot can be answered in a text. And majority of the time, the responses are, that's great to hear tell her we love her or tell her we're thinking of her or we'll continue to pray for you or fill in the blank. But that has been outstanding. And it's even tough in dealing with family because Amanda, even yesterday, I, you know, had to ask you and Ava to leave and that wasn't easy to do. And it was, um, what I felt like Nicole needed and, well, it's, and 
I'm just going to pick up from what you said is that because you you already have this like um, emotional stress on your, because this is your person, you have physical stress because you've been sleeping here and not really sleeping, just like you're not really sleeping. And then also you're coordinating because there's so many people that love you and want to know what's going on. So even family and like my thought was like when there's a family group text, that's one thing because you can get it all out in one little piece. But, you know, I like when I text you and check in on if somebody knows something already or if I have to text somebody else or what about food or what time to come here. It's just every little thing I can speak from experience is, you know, kind of drains you. So, and it's not to say that it's bad because you appreciate everything that's coming towards you. It's just, it's a lot. You know, well, truth be told, I copy and paste very often. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you gotta do. Two phones to manage. <laughs> Mr. Old Mr. Two phones. <laughs> right. Never wanted to be Mr. Two phones. <laughs> Well, I am, uh, I've had an x-ray, and now I'm waiting to find out if my lungs look well enough and healthy enough to go home, and I have to decide if I can manage pain at home, so that's coming up. Um, my follow-up is um, to see the surgeon in two weeks, but then probably not for another three months to have a chest CT. And then another few months after that to have a chest CT again. Now follow-up is so much less intense than other, things, than other things I've experienced. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, much different paths here for the cancer that was in my lung. What's your... You want to talk a little bit about your, your treatment this week? You did already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what's your treatment moving forward and your monitoring moving forward? Yeah. So in the short term, I have uh, chemo next week and the week after. Um, so the 3rd and the 10th. And then I get to wait. I have like that little 10-day break uh, because I, would, I don't have, at least I think, I don't have chemo on that following Monday. Because on the 20th, I get a CT to check in and see where I'm at. And then any number of possibilities can come out of that. It could be, um, I could get a break if everything's going really well, or might be like, hey, it is going really well, but we still need a little more chemo, which means August. We can talk about the reality of what's happening in the room right now. The noises on the automatic bed. Exercise. And then, um, or let's just say if it went miraculously well and the lymph nodes and the um, little tumor in my bottom right lung were gone, then I could have a break that's long enough that would mean I could have my surgery. But all those things depend on my progress. And as my doctor has said, it's the long game. Ultimately... The goal is to get me off chemo um, because it's so hard on the body and all the systems to get me into an immunology program. So I do have, um, I will be setting up an appointment for that. 
in the coming months sometime between now and September. So I guess I kind of think of it in three month chunks. Like, and it's very much what's in front of me right now. What does this week look like? What is next week? Because it, it's honestly, a, it sounds trite, but a day by day, mm-hmm. how I can handle things and what I can do. And that's even how I handle work. I don't know from day to day what I can do. It is, it is day by day. And, um, and it's both week by week and month by month, I think, because this first three months for you is, all right, let's see what's what. Mm-hmm. And test you at the end of it. Yeah. It took your hair. It has to be working. <laughs> it's doing something. It's left me looking like a fuzzy bird. With sparse gray. Real good looking fuzzy bird. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, like on that note, like it's, I, I haven't hated not having hair because thankfully we have a good head, like you said. <laughs> um, and people's reaction to me is mostly that I look like I would have done this on purpose, whether that's because I have a half sleeve. It's the tattoos. Or <laughs> just knowing my persona. But I mean, it's hard and like, and it brings out more of my insecurities because I'm also on a steroid and the steroid does wonderful things. Um, but I'm also gaining weight like ex- exponentially. So I, I don't like how I feel. I don't like how I look. I, you know, it's hard to get dressed and it's already hard to get dressed because I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to be in pajamas 24 seven, but I have to get dressed to go out in the real world sometimes. And, Okay. Even now, look at my outfit. It's tights and a polo. Because I had to go to the pool. <laughs> so Work ready. Yeah. And I can't hide behind my hair, which is something I probably did. Right, because I always look nice. Yeah. You can always count on your nice looking hair. You can always count on my nice looking hair. Mm-hmm. So now, it's just fuzz. So some interesting questions from our friends. One was just what question comes up most yeah most frequently like what comes up most frequently in your mind I think it depends on the day I mean there's the question that you don't want to keep going back to which is like is this going to kill me or how long am I going to live you know because I had to set that aside Mm -hmm. like my doctor didn't call me terminal But the truth of the matter is I have metastasis and it's considered stage four. Now he said, like, not the antiquated stage four. It doesn't automatically mean that, but just by the actual... um, Nature of the spread. Nature of the spread, but like the definition of the word I was looking for, of metastasis, that it is stage four. um, That's definitely one of them. And I, I pretty much don't think about that every day. But that's, that works its way back in every now and then. And then one of the main questions is, like, if I'm thinking day to day, I have to ask myself how I feel. <laughs> and I deal with guilt over not working as much or not doing as much or how... how well, how do I feel means what can I do? Yeah. It's really thinking. Yes. Can I eat this meal? 
how will it make me feel? Mm-hmm. And then can I leave the house? Yeah. Thank you for um, transcribing that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. One really other interesting question I think is a little bit of a, a little bit of a bomb dropper. I think it's something that you and I can talk about with each other. I don't think it's really for polite company. Right. But knowing that my cancer um, has not metastasized and that the um, this awful surgery was it mm-hmm. for me, you know, that I will have follow-up and God willing, no other kind of treatment. Like there's no treatment discussion. It's really about monitoring right now. Right. Is like, because you are, you know, going to finish this round of treatment, have a CT scan, and then you discuss those options. You're like jealous of what I just went through. You know, that is something probably like you and I can only talk about, but it's, um, I never felt that. And if I think I've been jealous of you at times in my life, so it's not like it doesn't happen. But I was asked this question, honestly, and no way, because I know what you're going through. In fact, I have to have a major surgery and I'm so fearful of it, you know, because I know about the pain and just being under anesthesia and all the things that have to happen in your body and being innovated, mm-hmm. which I have been innovated this year. Um, going in your lungs. I've, I've had doctors in my lungs, <laughs> you know, it's really weird to say. So, you know, I mean, from what you know, the innovation won't be hard, but yeah, you will have a drain in your legs since they're harvesting one of your hamstring muscles. You know, the gracilis mm-hmm. quad. It's in the quad. Well, it's Trent. Gracilis is inner, inner outer. Really? It's not. It's a hammy. It's a hammy. Okay. You I stand corrected. You doubted me? Well, it's just because it's like here. I didn't know. It's a hamstring. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, from that perspective, what I'm saying is I can understand how hard and crappy this surgery is for you. And I think in a way that's worse than what I'm going through. Um, maybe because... Um, I get like so many pre-meds they call them and so and the steroid and all the things that I don't love, but I have a love hate with because they are keeping me, um, sustained through treatment. Yeah. Able to work most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Able, able to, to eat most of the time, able to socialize most of the time, you know, and I didn't, I didn't have this big dose of pain and you know, traumatic experience that you're going through. So, right. You know, so many of these medical professionals are like, take a deep breath. And I'm like, Haha. yeah. Haha. <laughs> yeah. I'm not breathing deeply right now. Thanks. Um, but that has to get better. Yeah. And it will, thankfully. Um, on the reverse, how do you feel about the difference between our treatments? How do you feel about the fact that I, like, just got to lose my hair? I'm air quoting. <laughs> I have one really feeling. awful moment, which is how Trent ended up spending the night. Yeah. I was on the left side of the bed, and the button to call the nurse was on the right side of the bed. 
mm. and I can't reach right. And I was in such a painful position. I was laying on the chest tube that I could ask Siri to call him on speakerphone. Mm. So he came here and he ended up sleeping in the bed and I ended up sleeping in the chair. And I mean, that was just brutal pain. Mm. And it's hard on him. And in that moment, I thought, oh, man, maybe I wouldn't mind losing my hair. Right. This just sucks. Yeah. Thankfully, this is a safe space, and now our listeners can judge us. <laughs> right? It is a safe space. So Safe-ish. Well, thank you. Um, I am out of winds keep talking yeah but it's been fun coming to you sort of live from the hospital (laughs) until next time they'll get to hear it um now just before we go real quick because ava is here and when melina was here earlier we asked um about we asked her to speak so since you're here we'll just complete the family dynamic um so how have you been feeling through your mom's surgery um i've been all right because i've been able to come and see her and spend most of the day with her yeah the only like time that i was really concerned or worried was the night after her surgery and i couldn't fall asleep i didn't fall asleep until like 2 a.m because i was worried like because no one, none of our family were here with her. Like, obviously, she's in a hospital with doctors and staff and, like, so yeah. many people that could help her if she needed it. But just because, like, I didn't feel like any, I don't know, I just didn't feel like she was safe, even though I knew she was. Yeah. So it was, like, a only moment that that's happened. But other than that, I got to, like, you know, see her, talk to the nurses. Mm-hmm. So, I've been all right. Yeah. Got to have the bathroom. Yeah. Got to watch me sleep. <laughs> all the good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> yes. All the exciting things. And you've been working through all this, so it's really great that you... I think it's I think it's right, like, not that there's any right timing, but that it's this year, and it's this time of year that the girls are both around. So Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can be thankful for that. Seeing the upside of it. Well, thank you so much for listening and joining us here. Until next time. Bye. Bye.